Let's go back to the root bones of why Venture exists. Venture exists to make extremely high gains on LPs, money, nothing else matters. And at the end of the day, your business needs to have the equation that says, if successful, we make a lot of money at a super high valuation and a high margin. A lot of founders forget what he just said. That's Matt, the founder of AstroForge. They've raised over $13 million, including an investment from YC. Theory sounds great, but how did they actually do it? You go and you pick a day when you're going to start fundraising and you build up as much momentum and as many conversations as you can till that day. People will build this up and say, oh, I've had, you know, have a couple meetings this week or, or limited number. Like you have to go really, really hard. I made sure to ask tactical questions like, do you send the deck in an email before the meeting? I don't send the deck ahead of time. Talking about asteroid mining is going to lead to a lot of questions and, and require somebody to, to be able to sit there with and kind of walk you through what's happening and how we plan on doing it at a little bit more detailed level. This is one of the biggest mistakes I see found make they lead with the pitch versus leading with a question. The VCs will go off and, and learn about us or read about us and they have some some questions, things they don't understand or things they want to challenge. And that's where I like to start up the conversation. I want to answer people's questions and make sure they understand the physics behind it before we even go into what the company's trying to solve and how we're going to change the world. Just some teasers. Enjoy it. Boom. Welcome to the Top VC Podcast. I'm your host, Adam O'Donnell. I'm on a mission to help founders hit product market fit and oversubscribe their next round. I do that by interviewing founders and VCs around these topics. If you don't get a tactical strategy, please let me know. My email is adamfodonnell at gmail.com. I grew up uh, just outside of LA, a little city um, in, in San Gabriel Valley. And I went to school at a, at a local school called Cal Poly Pomona, got a degree in electrical engineering, got my master's there as well. And to be honest with you, when I got out of school, I never had the vision of becoming a founder. That isn't at all what I wanted to do. I wanted to go work on really, really hard problems, very technically and, and physics constrained problems and try to understand things a little differently mm. so that's what i went and did i think you have an idea of what you know and the reality is you don't know anything and it takes a long time to learn these things and really understand how how people work how industries work and what the point of that is however when you do something like that for about three years i mean i was literally in a 20 by 20 office surrounded by whiteboards and it was a ton of fun but like i didn't see the outside world a lot and you also saw a lot of your ideas um, that you got that worked on just not go anywhere, right? They would just die um, for various different reasons. And so I really wanted to go see if we could figure out or if I could figure out how you take something from idea to reality. There's a lot of steps in that process that are missing when you're just working at a research company. Jumped around a couple of places, but I ended up at a company called Virgin Galactic, which you probably heard of. Obviously, they were a company that was going to send tourists to space. I joined them as on their what they called their advanced research division or something of some some title like that or advanced program division. And what that was, was the business case that would become Launcher One Virgin Orbit. So I worked there for about five years. Noticed the same problem. I noticed this problem of really cool idea, really cool engineering challenge, like from an engineering problem, that's, that's amazing. From a business case, didn't make a lot of sense. Um, and I think we all knew that. And I, I mean, the company is now bankrupt. So I think that the markets knew that as well. So went off and joined a company called Bird Rides, which is the scooter company that was everywhere in the world. At the time I joined, it was the fastest growing company ever created. And they had some massive challenges of manufacturing and, and these cool kind of challenges that I hadn't taken on before. Did that for about a year and a half, but always had the itch to go back to space. Like I've always loved space. This is very much a passion idea of what is space. And I had the opportunity, I left and I started a company and that company became Ashford. That decision to leave Bird or however that looked, if it was like a layoff or whatever it is, I think diving into that to help founders who are on that edge, deciding to make that 
decision? The decision was very, very hard. In fact, looking back on it, I don't know why it was so hard, but I think the hardest thing for any founder to do is actually do it. Uh, we can talk about, and I think, you know, throughout my whole life, as always, you always talk about starting companies or ideas you had or what you can do, but it's really terrifying to go do it. And I think the reason is, especially for engineers and scientists, um, it's really easy to convince yourself that it's stupid and that it's wrong and that your idea makes no sense and that you can do it somewhere else. And almost none of the metrics, if you were to draw a, you know, a column of like pros and cons, you're probably never going to have more pros and cons to start a business. Um, and that I think is the biggest challenge is you have to go against everything you're taught, everything you know, and take this massive risk that may not pay off at all and just see what happens. And um, I had a couple of advantages there that, that helped me. I knew a lot of people in the industry there were some early sources of funding that made the jumping off a little bit easier. But at the end of the day, I, I wish I can go back in time because I would have done it 10 years earlier. Wow. That's interesting. You said early funding. What I mean, did you where did you start the company while you were still at Bird and then you actually were able to raise money? No, I mean I knew people in the industry that if I was to go start the company would put in some angel checks and really get it off the ground. And so that was a huge benefit for us. And I think a lot of founders, it's interesting, a lot of founders, I think, actually have that. They usually just call it friends and family round or people that, you know, whatever. But there's a lot of times a little bit of check that just is what you take to get over the edge. The reality is it really doesn't matter because very quickly after that, you either have to get serious or not. And you kind of have to do that anyways. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Well, help me with like your idea market fit. <laughs> like, how did you because you were so confident in being able to get funding. Obviously, you had an incredible background. But like, how did you get that lined up? And then we'll go into the actual product market fit journey. Yeah, I mean, for us, it's a very different company, right? We're an asteroid mining company. This is not a company we went out and said, like, what what is the product market fit or how are we going to go trial this? This is really saying, I want to go to deep space and I can't find the company I want to go work for. So let me make it. And what are some problems that we can really solve if we assume that we can access deep space at a commercial cost that makes sense? And it's pretty clear to me that there's a massive constraint on resources worldwide, but also in the United States, specifically when it comes to precious and rare earth metals. Um, we know about them on asteroids. It's a pretty, pretty easy kind of fit to make for a problem set to go, but it is a massive problem. A lot of companies start off, I think, with small problems that they can have small answers to and leapfrog it that way, we're really starting off with a world changing problem. Like we wanna change the way mining is done on the planet, right? We wanna save the planet from an environmental standpoint, but also a resource standpoint, allow us to maintain our growth rate and continue to thrive as an economic engine. That's the problem we're trying to sell, to, to, to solve. Uh, it's very different. It's a it's like a cancer problem. If we have, if we can solve for cancer, we'll be able to sell it. Same thing, yeah cure to cancer, cure to life. Like you see companies and some cool companies working on like, can we live forever, right? Like pretty easy to understand the, the product market fit there. The challenge isn't product market fit. The challenge is if we can get them product. And I mean, that's what we got to answer, right? We have to be very technical focused on what we're doing. Yeah, well, that is interesting. Tell me what that's like in the early days talking to angel investors. Like what kind of questions were you getting? I mean, look, whenever you start an asteroid mining question, you get uh, an asteroid mining company, you get a lot of questions. But I think what's the key here is that, like, I think as venture and as angels, and a lot of angels are just early venture as we go into this, 
I think we've seen the ebbs and flows of businesses. It's kind of coming to fruition now that there's a problem with software. There's not a moat created. Like we go back to the kind of Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger business school of thought. Companies like Astroforge are the companies that are those great fit of companies, high margin, high moat businesses that can have infinite cash flows. Um, and that's what we set out to do. And it's really, I think a little bit of in the early conversations, teaching people about what our business strategy is and what our thesis is, but then also showing people that there's a real physics way to do this. And while you might see it on TV and you might see some crazy Hollywood stories about how this happens, the reality is from a physics standpoint, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, we understand it all. In fact, you know, government organizations like NASA and JAXA have done this before. Uh, we just want to make it a little bit cheaper. And if we think if we can make it a little bit cheaper, we can really close the loop on some really, really hard ideas that before were science fiction. That's amazing. Well, I mean, I'm sure the next question is like, how are you doing it? And maybe you can share just the way that you pitch the concept of the solution that makes it cheaper. Yeah, I mean, the real the story of how we're doing is pretty simple. We use a standard Falcon 9 rocket. Obviously, SpaceX makes that rocket. We use a SpaceX rocket. Most of them are what we call high energy launches. So they're going to the moon or what's called direct insertion. Um, we go out to near Earth asteroids. So these asteroids are not at the belt. They're not, you know, hundreds of millions of miles away. Uh, we go out to them, we refine them on site. So we dock with them and take that asteroid material, which is primarily iron. Uh, we strip away the iron and we're left with the, the things that are valuable and we care about and we bring it back to earth to sell it um, that's our whole mission con ops and, and what the company is really founded on it's so simple but but really hard i mean it, it's so simple I, I don't even know if it's really hard it's really untested and whenever you have something that's really untested we default to saying that's really hard we just got to go do it and um that's it again all the physics work here you just got to build it that can make it happen that's that's amazing. So like how much money have you raised to date so far? Yeah, I mean publicly we've announced we've raised 13 million. That's amazing. So you've been able to convince that many investors including Y Combinator to like that you have that you are the right team to get to that solution. Um I'm curious any other insights that you would share around those early funding people just getting them over the line. I I just can't imagine the challenge. I mean, getting them over the line, look, I think there's a lot of papers out there on how to, you know, you mentioned this before, how to gamify, how to look at this from a different concept, how to prove all of these concepts. Let's go back to like the root bones of, of why venture exists. Venture exists to make extremely high gains on LPs, money they put in. Nothing else matters. We can say whatever wrapper we want on that, we can put whatever else here. The reason venture exists is because you're an LP, a limited partner in a fund, you put in a million dollars, you want to get back $10 million three years later, five years later, seven years later, 10 years later, whatever. And at the end of the day, your business needs to have the equation that says, if successful, we make a lot of money at a super high valuation and a high margin. And that has to happen. And if that's not true, it doesn't matter. I don't care what you're pitching, right? It doesn't matter. But if you're going to say, I'm going to go make a better paper towel company, you better have a really good story as to why paper towels a multi-billion dollar market and why you can go into. I think people get confused about the difference between small businesses and venture focused startups. And, um, you know, if you have a business that has a small market cap, has a small amount of revenue, maybe can make $10 million a year, 
those are the businesses i tell people this all the time those are the businesses that where the guy you know the families live on the beach and have the the multi-million dollar house they're not venture businesses they're small businesses that can be you know s corps or llc's and tax pass thanks for listening to the top vc podcast i'm your host adam o'donnell i'm on a mission to help founders hit product market fit and learn how to oversubscribe their next round if you didn't get a tactic or strategy in either of those please email me at adam f o'donnell at gmail.com. Or if you just have any other feedback suggestions, I want to keep improving the way that this podcast serves founders. Boom.